Today's very special Polar Vortex episode Vortex, of One Vortex, Shiny Vortex. Podcast is brought to you by Cheez-It and Pringles. Hey, Hoops fans, do you want to play in a basketball game with some of today's biggest stars? Of course you do. You've been listening to us talk about this for a while now. Charles Barkley and Shaq will be coaching. You can play with either of those guys, thanks to Pringles and Cheez-Its, who are bringing you that chance with the Celebrity Crunch Classic, all for the win sweepstakes. All you have to do is go vote for Team Cheez-It or Pringles at CelebrityCrunchClassic.com slash OSP. Visit the site for more details. Pringles versus Cheez-It. Pick a side, stock up, and go for the win. No purchase necessary. Tate, we said we were Team Cheez-It from the start. We we laid out our reasons. Uh, we, 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 we took a side. We felt like Team Cheez-It was going to run away with this. And then Team Pringles has been coming on strong lately. We have the story of the woman in Texas who was riding on a shopping cart or motorized cart or whatever it was, uh, drinking wine out of a Pringles can. And then this last week, I'm going to read the headline to you. Florida woman shot after trading sex act for Pringles chips and $5. So, yeah, Pringles is coming on strong here. Pringles is making a comeback. It's called headline hunting, and uh, I'm really impressed with that. I will say this. I am currently in bed with the flu, and I am only eating Cheez-Its. So uh, as far as my allegiance, you know where I am. I'm with Cheez-Its. And uh, you mentioned Charles Barkley. I'm having to watch all these NFL press conferences, which, my goodness, if they say three phases one more time, I'm I'm, honestly (laughs) – it may just be the end for me. It just – it'll be over. But uh, Bill Belichick brought up Charles Barkley, one of the captains of – Either Team Cheez-It or Team Pringle, and uh, he said he'd be a great tight end. Could have been a great tight end, mm. uh, but he wasted he wasted his talent in basketball, and mm. uh, that just, again, goes to show you. He is not on our team or any team. Probably not Team Cheez-It. Probably not Team Pringle. He's on producer Kyle's team, but my goodness. Uh, wasted his talent on basketball. That's that's a shot. That's a shot at our game. Shot at our Can sport. I just how, – how insulting is it to the position of tight end that uh, that is the default that anybody can do it. Player. Yeah, just, yeah, like just anybody be, can just, step yeah, just be it. six four, six four to six eight, and ha- you can catch a ball. You can be a tight end. That's, that's what, what that's what every single every single guy that like wants to step into football, like yeah, that they always pick tight end. And I just think like that must be so insulting for the guys that have spent their whole lives playing tight end and trying to perfect their craft. And then everyone's just like, yeah, if LeBron played football, he'd be the greatest tight end ever. <laughs> you could just step in right now and be the greatest tight end and. Like Jimmy Graham and Antonio Gates and all those other guys just, yeah, I, I don't play football, but I'll play it now and I'll be great at it. It's crazy. Yeah, but Rico Gathers is, is another one, are, right? Rico, Rico Gathers yeah, is, uh, Rico, he's playing in the NFL still, right? But then you watch Rob Gronkowski do an interview and you're like, yeah, I think that they could pull it off. Maybe this is a, can we do a one shining pod, um, GM Street crossover and have Lombardi on and we break <laughs> down all the guys in college basketball who would make the best NFL tight ends someday? The guys who are going to flame out in the in the NBA in their pursuit of professional basketball, and they're going to end up on NFL rosters as tight ends. I don't know, something to think about. And um, and then we just list every player. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's <laughs> that's between the heights of six four and six eight. Uh, we have a ton to get to. Um, I I want to talk to. Uh, I want to bullshit a little bit. Uh, at the top of the show because we we all three of us. Uh, Kyle is joining us for the show, folks. He's back. Um. But all three of us had very different experiences uh, the, the last few days, and I kind of want to talk about it a little bit. Uh, and and I want to I want to do it right and not not get like ten minutes in and then realize we haven't really started the podcast. So uh, let's just start the podcast date, and then we'll we'll dive into everything. We are going to talk a lot of college basketball, though. A lot of stuff has happened. We are going to do good guys. We are going to do bad guys. Uh, it's a packed episode. We'll get to all of it. But first, Woody Durham.
All right, it is uh, Wednesday. It is very cold in the Midwest. I am coming from to you from uh, a frozen wasteland, and I would say that I'm jealous of you, Tate, but I am not mm. because I just saw you. We were just in Minnesota. I, I, I never know if I should say Minneapolis or Minnesota, so I say mini. Let's just say Minnesota. Yeah, let's just. Keep I say mini statements. <laughs> you need blankets, so we'll keep blanket statements. Yes, we were uh, in the, the frozen tundra known as Minnesota together just and, a few days uh, ago. Let's just say you are dead. And I think uh, we, we've talked about it on every single podcast. We have the people are concerned about you. They keep asking me. I, I went to the my little beer event was last night. It was awesome. Uh, maybe I'll talk about that at the end of the show. If, if we're not running really long, uh, I'll thank everybody. But it was a good time, whatever. Um, everyone's coming up to me and they're saying, uh, is Tate alive? Is Tate OK? What's going on? And I was like, well, not only is his back still fucked, uh, there's there's new developments. The man has caught the flu, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure his hypothermia from our time in Minnesota. Um, Tate, are you going to make it through? Is this your last podcast? Well, I think if I keep saying that, you know what I mean? It, it'll just eventually when it does happen, it'll be a nice setup. You know, there, you know, I'll be, it'll be a precursor for the end. It's always better when you claim uh, something at the top and then people, you know, it's like Nostradamus almost people will let you, mm-hmm. let you have it. But, uh, I currently have the flu. I went yesterday, was confirmed I have the flu. I am, uh, as you can imagine, sources I am sweating. Sources confirmed. Je- Jeff Goodman sources broke the story. Confirmed I have the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just broke the story to the world. Uh, Jeff Goodman, I has to get a second second handle that reporting. But uh, right from the source, direct from the source, yes, I have the flu. And also, uh, I am sweating right now currently. And it's not because Grand Canyon <laughs> University followed me on Instagram. And it's not because of that. It's, it's not because I popped anything. It's because, again, I have the flu because we were in Minnesota and Mark Titus. I mean, you can confirm this. We were dressed in tuxedos. I mean, there was nothing Mm -hmm. underneath. We had no long johns on. We had no I mean, I didn't even have an undershirt on. We were dressed in tuxedos, shooting, (laughs) shooting scenes for the Uh big three, three X, three U brought to you by Dos Equis National Championship. I still (laughs) mess it up, even though I've said it a million times. But we were there out in the cold with bags in our hands, walking around. And I just have to say, I mean, that is that is dedication to the brand beyond belief. And it has led to my back locking up forever. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, I have the flu. This is my flu game podcast. And uh, I don't know what tomorrow will hold, but uh, probably not good things based on uh, the past five to six days of my life. Yeah, we uh, we, we wore the tuxedos. We were outside. I should I should say I have lived in the Midwest my entire life. I have been to Minnesota in January, even uh, when we played basketball. Um, we we played at Minnesota, you know. I remember going up to Minneapolis, the barn, uh, went, yeah, yeah, and playing in the barn, and it was cold as shit. And you just step outside, and you're like, "This is really cold." But what you and I experienced being in Minnesota on the the eve of the polar vortex, we started to get the vortex. It was vortexing down the. Uh, I don't know what the verb of vortex is, but it was it was vortexing. It was coming at us. My God, the, the, it, it was laughable. It was like, you just, you step outside. We were, I, I just started cackling. Like I was, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't even really know how to describe it. It was, it was, it was the most insane thing I've ever experienced. And to top it off all off, as you said, we were in tuxedos, just walking around. Um, what a trip. So I, I guess we should promote that. We're, we are doing the three on three thing. I think we already said that on the podcast, right? Like we, we did it last year. Um, and we're going to be back doing it. We were up in Minnesota shooting a bunch of promotional stuff which basically turned into uh, when Tate was dying, I went to the Mall of America in a tuxedo and like rode a, rode a roller coaster. And um, that was cool. So hopefully people see that video later because goddamn Tate, the, the the extent that we had to go to to produce that stuff was 
I don't know. I'm not going to, a lot of people might throw around the word hero. I'm certainly not going to do that, but um, I don't know. If someone else wants to call us heroes, I, w- I will gladly take that. So yeah. You can call anyway. us legends. What You can call us whatever you want to call us, but I'll tell you this. I was cold. And uh, if you've seen The Shining, yeah. I understand why people go crazy. You know what I mean? I could feel inside my body, inside my loins, you know, I was losing it a little bit. And to qu- to quote uh, a great uh, Adidas executive who uh, spoke to the FBI not too long ago, I can't believe there aren't more murders up there. I just cannot <laughs> believe. I just can't, I can't believe, believe it. But, but because, I mean, the cold weather is, it is it, a cold that I can never describe. It is a cold mm. that you can't, you can't even put into words because your teeth are chattering too much to say anything. I mean, that is what it is. And I love, I, and we should say this, we love Minnesota. I had a great time with the people. Everyone was so nice, so kind. We went to a Timberwolves game. We saw the Utah Jazz and Quinn Snyder. And we saw uh, the new Carl uh, Malone in Stockton and Joe Ingles and Donovan Mitchell. We saw that live. Mm-hmm. We, we, we saw Grayson Allen Derek in Rose. person. We, we saw Grayson Allen in person. Uh, we saw Kata Bates Diop in person, your boy. Um, all of that was good stuff. But again, back to the cold. My goodness, nothing, nothing mm. quite like it. To, to to be honest, I don't really know what the answer is uh, to get rid of the cold. But uh, is the barn an ironic term? Because there's no way farm animals can live up there, right? I mean, there's just <laughs> no way they can survive that. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. The final four is going to. Uh, I've been told that the final four is in April, actually, not January. So it should be warmer. But um, yeah, it'll it'll definitely be interesting. Tate was not a fan. The the thing you kept saying was, uh, what was your line? Like Minnesota is really cool, but it's also cold, and that's the problem. Yes, <laughs> it's, yes. it's a little. It's too cool, cool, but it's too cold. Yeah, that's well, what it is. Uh, that is you that have is the, the flu. Line. You are sweating. Uh, the the it, it feels like a great time to bring back the Sean Miller meme with uh, all your <laughs> sweating going on and live look at Tate Frazier in his bedroom sweating through the flu. Um, but but let's talk about what really matters, and that is Kyle going to the Sundance Film Festival and abandoning us for how many pods did you miss, Kyle? Was it just one? Was it two? Maybe I, I only remember. did one while I was there, so <laughs> worked out. Give us give us your best story from Sundance. I almost feel bad because of Tate, but I had a freaking great time, guys. Oh man, <laughs> it was amazing. The place was incredible. There was four bedrooms. Like the time with like all glass walls and shit. Like you could see what was going on. They had like surround sound that you connect to your phone. So I was like, you know, I elected to stay home a lot. I didn't actually go to one um, one movie. But man, it was incredible. There was two hot tubs on the roof, Titus. Two. Um, <laughs> overlooking, like it was, it was just incredible. I spent so much time in the hot tub. But here, here would uh, what my story would be. I would say that it was uh, hanging out with John Hamm for a little while. That was incredible. But uh, it was. I went to this party the night after at uh, the Chase Lounge, and I just I had too many. Uh, and I went home and I was going to go to sleep, but I went into the hot tub and uh, I probably, mm. I don't know how long I stayed in there, but I jumped in there with my jewel and my other pen. They both work. So the night's still going great. I get downstairs. It's probably one thirty, and Bill has brought some friends back. And the first person I see, I'm soaking wet, by the way. First person I see is Jamel Hill. And I just started fucking crying laughing. I just pointed at Bill and was laughing and I dried, <laughs> dried off and I joined the party. But my God, that was like the craziest t- like turn of events that could have happened up there. So that's my story. <laughs> hey, Kyle, 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 give me my old job back. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, Kyle, Kyle, you missed a great time in Minnesota. Um, I know. I was thinking about it the whole time, guys. <laughs> yeah. 
the idea like you didn't miss I almost, anything don't worry yeah. you did it right i'm happy for you i'm glad that the jewel in the pen worked though that's for sure it, i mean that would have been a real crisis oh really dude really? I, that sounds fortuitous <laughs> i just i in my mind that's exactly like i pictured you just sitting in a hot tub next to robert redford ripping your jewel drinking like keystone light and you're just at the most prestigious film festival in the country and uh you just like never leave the hot tub that was my idea of what you had going on and i'm glad that my idea was pretty much reality. It was pretty close. It was so. pretty close. And yeah. and and I have to point out, Titus, you brought up who was going to be the next, like Bill Murray, the guy that just kind of pops up everywhere. I will say, I was at a, I, when I was it's at Kyle? SNL, uh, and <laughs> well, yeah, it could be Kyle. But I, when I was at SNL, uh, whenever I was in like September or whatever, John Hamm just happened to be there then too, and he just Ooh, he's just popping up everywhere. So maybe John Hamm is going after the Bill Murray thing, where you just go to cool places and you know bop in, see what's going on, and move on. John Hamm, incredible hang. Kyle, does John Hamm introduce himself uh, with both names? He's he just he seems like a guy that like would you meet him? He'd stick out his no, hand dude. And say, I'm telling you, John he Hamm. like reminds me of this guy I went to high school with. If he got famous later in life, really, and just incredible. Mm. John, he's like a like you know I'm John type guy. It was great. Mm. Okay, at least cool. he's not like James Cameron talking in the third person. You know, James Cameron does what James Cameron does, not for James Cameron, um, but for others. All right, there was there was a shit ton that happened. Uh, we the, the show must go on. Uh, Tate, I know you're dying. I know that Kyle wants to go back to Utah and just sit in the hot tub. But, uh, <laughs> we have college basketball to talk about. There was action. We on the last show, Kyle, the one that you missed. Tate and I were basically complaining about how there's not enough content this season, um, and how the FBI last year was awesome. We had Trey Young last year, which was awesome. Uh, there was just all sorts of stuff. It was, the, but the FBI was like, it was never ending and it was sweet. And then Zion Williamson committed and we had that. And that was fun. Cause we, you had the FBI and then you have Duke landing the top three recruits and then you had Trey Young. Anyway, we went on this thing. We're complaining. We need more content. I feel like we got a good amount of content, Tate. I feel like there's some stuff that happened. There's some upsets. There's some certain coaches chirping in the media. Um, Let's do our best to sort through it the only way we know how with the most convoluted segment in all of podcasting, the good guys, the bad guys, the Kyle guys. And we start with good guys, as always. Would you like to go first or do you want me to go first? I will probably have to go first on all these because, again, I'm running out of breath because, you know, I have back problems (laughs) and also I have the flu. Uh, Good guy of the week for me. And I mean, I should say, first off, we are good guys to be in Minnesota and give them the juju to win that game in the barn. We wanted to be that at that game, that upset of Iowa. Jordan Murphy, 23 and 10. We watched that game. We saw Minnesota people, you know, going after their explaining, you know, the, the different facets of the Minnesota offense to their significant others in a bar while. We wait. We all we waited to go to a Timberwolves game. So I would say we give ourselves credit for being in the moment, being there, watching a game at the barn. Wish we were there live, but regardless, we went to the T Wolves games instead. But good guy of the week for me, your very own Northwestern basketball coach, Christopher Collins, son of Doug Collins. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, this is a low hanging fruit. Why, you know, throw throw shade on a guy that's already struggling this season and a guy who has struggled last season. This has nothing to do with any of that. This has to do with a good guy move. And this is why. Headline, Mark Titus, Michigan has a fan in Northwestern's Chris Collins. And my goodness, we got some quotes. Uh, I thought Michigan played. This is after they lost to Michigan, of course. I thought Michigan played very well tonight, and they're a terrific 
team. You just got all he did was just give those guys credit. Uh, he pretty much names every single person on the team. You had Charles, Jordan Poole, Iggy to that group, coupled with Livers and those guys off the bench. Certainly, they're going to be difficult to beat whoever is playing them. And of course, I mean, your Ohio State Buckeyes played them last night. Uh, we saw them play at a pretty predominant level. And I would say it's a little unfair for Chris Holtman and, and our guys because they didn't have class. It was like the first time in right. however long. That's how cold it is. Like Michigan's canceling class. Uh, 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 however, if I could stop like you there, seventeen. Yeah, please. If I can please. stop you there, Michigan never has class. Uh, at Ohio oh. State, we keep it classy, but they don't have class. Right? Am I right, folks? Ohio State fans, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, crowd goes wild. Uh, Chris Collins, uh, he's basically sucking up to what I consider the best team in the Big Ten right now. Uh, uh-huh. Even though, you know, I guess we have to say that because Michigan State lost uh, at Purdue. We'll probably talk about that game too. But I, I just want to point out, it's just a very good guy move of Chris Collins who, you know, we remember the struggles of last year when we had the games where... No, I he mean, made I the tournament last two... year. They made the tournament oh, last year, right? No. No, yeah. no, 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 Mark. No, no, no. This yeah, is not they a, did. They beat. This is not they a beat Vanderbilt. Year. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Not quite. Not no, quite. I that would be a year. very yeah. bad guy move. This is this is the good guy moments, and uh, it is a right on time, you know, because. Last year, they lost uh, two games uh, within 10 days to Maryland. They just lost to Maryland. It just seems like he's going to go on a real run. And we got to see what happens with the Northwestern faithful because is one tournament enough? I mean, it was the one tournament, but is it enough? Who knows? We'll see what happens. I'm sure the journalists up there will figure it out. But good guy of the week for me, Chris Collins, Northwestern basketball. Mark Titus, now your time. Who is your good guy of the week? Here's my question to you before we move to my good guy is uh is, okay. is, is there a, is there a curse in Chicago basketball where you have NCAA tournament success and then you fall apart after that because the wheels have completely fallen off the sister Jean Mobile in Loyola um this year there's problems there's there's problems in Loyola we'll say uh and then Northwestern they they go to the tournament and it was a big deal but then as you said it's it's been and then you got the Paul. The Paul, what? They went to the Final Four once in the seventies, right? And then, <laughs> and then they died, and they haven't been back since. Da- That's all I'm saying. Da- dare we, dare we call it the disease of more? After the disease one of more. Run, it's, <laughs> it's just too much. They can't. They can't handle it. Is it the whole? Is it the whole state of Illinois? The the, the Illini in 05 go to the final, and then uh, they're trying to get back. I don't know. I'm trying to connect the dots here. There's something going on. Um, did Chris Collins, did, did he give an official statement on the best player for Michigan? No, he did not. He named every single player on their roster. And so that's the reason that they're good. Yeah, he's definitely a Xavier Simpson guy, which Xavier Simpson got a triple double last night against Ohio State. This is becoming, um, this is becoming a problem for me in my life, Tate. Uh, Xavier Simpson playing well and Charles Matthews not playing well. And there are a handful of people, a handful of trolls. You know who you are. You know who you know who you are on Twitter that uh that chirping me every time Xavier Simpson like makes two baskets in a row and they're like, Hey dumb fuck. <laughs> Where's your boy Charles Matthews now? Um Yeah, I don't know. I I don't care enough to uh to uh like this isn't a Bridges brunching situation where like I genuinely was was team Bridges and I'll fight anyone to the death about that last year. Uh I just for me, I like Charles Matthews better. I think Charles Matthews is the best defender on the team. I think here's the thing, Tate. If we're being honest with ourselves, the funniest thing about Michigan this year and how Michigan fans go nuts for Xavier Simpson, as they should, he's a good player. He's a gritty player. He he shoots fucking hook shots, and he blocked Caleb Weston's shot last night, and he had a triple-double on down the line. A lot of reasons to love the guy. What's funny to me, Tate, is that Xavier Simpson is basically a poor man's Aaron Craft. 
And these people, these Michigan fans who despise Aaron Craft, who spent four years, or should I say 12 years, watching Aaron Craft at Ohio State, said, this guy's a bum. He fucking sucks. And then they get their own version of Aaron Craft, and now it's like, this man is the greatest point guard in the country. <laughs> so, Well, I'll yeah. just say this. Swaggy Pool is definitely my vote for best player on the team because I'm a momentum guy. And when he had okay. that block last night, you know, you just got to say, it's all Swaggy Pool. And again, he hit the shot last year. We're te- it doesn't matter where you stand as long as you stand with Michigan. And that is Somewhat, what exactly. told me to say. That's the funniest part about it is like I uh like like it was it was the funny thing last year with the Villanova thing where we were talking about Bridges and Brunson was that uh, you know at the end of the day I'm basically saying I love your team and I love all your players <laughs> that's why I was like I'm, I'm fighting with people but Michigan fans have taken it too far like we we like Michigan last year because of Duncan uh we like him this year they're fun to watch it's a it's a it's a fun college program to cheer for they quote unquote do it the right way whatever that shit means um there's a lot of reasons to love Michigan Michigan fans uh. I don't love your team that much though. Calm down a little bit. You got, I had people last night, like, like tweeting at me, like how, I mean, they know I was cheering for Ohio state, but they would send me like Jordan pool. Apparently he did some OHIO thing with his hands. And like the final O was him making a circle around his balls or something. And like, I had people tweeted this at me. Yeah. People Mm -hmm. were tweeting this at me, like Titus, I'm sure you love this. I'm like, I mean, yeah, but come on. That's my school. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm still cheering for Ohio State, so calm, calm down. I don't love your team that much, Michigan fans, but I do, I do like them. Um, anyway, that's our Michigan stuff. Michigan, I, I, I should say this too. Uh, last podcast we, we recorded it on Friday night, like right as the I was, I, I think we were commenting throughout the pod that Michigan, Indiana is about to tip off. Right as the podcast was ending, I don't, I don't think we made it. I don't think it was recorded on the podcast. Well, I don't think I actually said it. Maybe I did. I, I assume I didn't say it because no one said anything to me. Um. But I said something to you, Tate. Like, it must have been right after we got to recording. I said, like, I, this Michigan-Indiana game, I think it's going to be interesting. I think, like, if Indiana is going to pull their head out of their asses, it's got to happen tonight. Uh, this is the game, might yeah. be over. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think this one might be closer than the experts think. Keep an eye on this one, Tate. And he's like, okay, okay, cool, whatever. We hang up the phone. And then I turned the game on, and it was like 13 nothing or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I think my phone buzzed right after, and you're like, it's already 12-0. I was like, ooh. <laughs> I was like, get so a back from adversity, though. Maybe that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Get down. Everything and get back I said, exa- except the exact opposite. Uh, speaking of teams in Michigan, speaking of the Big Ten in general, my good guy of the week is a man who needs no introduction. A man whose whose saga we we don't really need to update the people because we've been talking about it a lot on this podcast. His name is Tom. His name is Tom Izzo, and his team just lost their first Big Ten game of the season at Purdue. And uh, is the sky falling in East Lansing, Tate? That's the question. Is is like because Purdue was up what like twenty three? I want to say with like twelve minutes left, it was a complete blowout. Purdue blew Michigan State out. Um, meanwhile, as we said, Michigan Michigan goes into Bloomington and blows Indiana out. Michigan's got it back after losing at Wisconsin. So the question is: Is the sky falling in East Lansing? And you and I have been ahead of this for a long time. We we know the sky is definitely not falling. We know that all of this is going according to plan. So I want to congratulate good guy Tom Izzo, who purposely threw this game. He finally got what he wanted. Uh, Josh Langford. I expect Josh Langford to be back next game. That's pretty much it. It's as simple as that, Tate. He, he, was, he was waiting for the loss. The loss happened. And now Izzo, even though Izzo, what, what are the quotes I have here? Okay, so Izzo says, someone, someone forwarded me this, that uh, after that game, uh, Colton Pouncey of The Athletic tweeted this. He said that Izzo says he doesn't have an update on Langford's injury. He says, and, and then this is the key part. Izzo says he's not one to hide injuries. <laughs> you know how many times he's he so said direct. this? 
Yeah, he's so direct to make sure that people know he's not hiding anything, even though it sounds like he's hiding something. And I will say in that game, I mean, Purdue was up, what, like, I think they doubled him up before half, or maybe they uh-huh. scored again. It was like 32 to 16 in that game. Uh, and we were getting the tweets, you know, uh, maybe cold outside, it's heating up in here, in Mackey Arena. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that Purdue might be your bad guy, because the Purdue Day of Giving obviously earned them this. I remember last year, Izzo tried to throw a game to Chris Collins and Northwestern, not to bring it back to Chris Collins, but they were up like 27 or something like that. Scored yeah, like forty nine right. and a half. Yeah, and then biggest and then comeback the in Big Ten history. <laughs> yeah, and then in the second half they shot like twelve percent, uh, mm-hmm. and Izzo won. So like Izzo was trying to throw that game and give it to Chris Collins. You know what I mean? So maybe mm-hmm. so maybe Chris Collins is like that's why he's done with Michigan State after they did that to him. That's why he's sucking up to Michigan. Uh, and then Purdue this year they were they were gifted the game. They deserve to have this game uh, for Izzo to throw this game for them to have this mm-hmm. moment. And I mean, doesn't this don't for you? Doesn't this help with the Carson Edwards case to win Big? 10 player of the year this is a, well, a signature win right yeah it is but Carson Carson Evers is not winning big 10 player of the year Ethan Happ's running away with it uh we I kind of we went over this on the last pod like I, yeah you went I, over that I did this is not this I, is not are, me are, saying are sure? I vote for Ethan Happ are we, yeah, sure, well, are, are we sure that's gonna happen this is not me saying I vote for Ethan Happ this is me saying if if I'm gambling on big 10 player of the year I I would put my house on Ethan Happ winning because of uh, like a career accomplishment. Like the only way Ethan Happ doesn't win is if Wisconsin just falls apart. And like if Wisconsin mm-hmm. finishes in the top four or five, Ethan Happ's winning the thing. Like there, I saw Matt Norlander today tweeting, or maybe it was yesterday. Uh, he, he's trying to get the Ethan Happ for national player of the year conversation started, Tate. I'm telling you, these people love Ethan Happ and rightfully so. I've, I've had, I've made my, my opinions on Ethan Happ clear. Uh, through through the years certainly um so i don't really need to revisit that but uh this dude is going to win big 10 player there but i i to, to the larger point yes carson this was a good game for carson edwards yes but but i don't like but cassius winston played well too so it's not really but brad davison is the momentum guy so he's the best exactly. player on the team to me but but again back um, back to back to this game back to carson edwards back to Izzo. uh back to purdue and michigan state uh <laughs> Izzo. so the, the josh langford thing we said izzo has been trying to throw games for a while. He's been mysterious about the Josh Langford injury. He said this like in four or five different press conferences. I'm not one to hide injuries, um, but I'm pretty sure like it, the official ruling on Josh Langford's injury is just mysterious injury. Like that's what it's officially called now is just the Josh Langford mysterious injury because no one has any idea what the fuck's going on with this thing. Uh, but it gets it gets better, Tate, because not only was was the Josh Langford the 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 adversity that Izzo is trying to build. Um, we also have it, it was found out that Nick Ward apparently has the flu. Um, so does the video coordinator at Michigan State. These these are all facts that are being leaked uh, by, you know, Izzo, Izzo knows what he's doing. He's like, hey, throw this out to the public. We'll, we'll throw this out there. We'll get that adversity going. Uh, so we got we got two guys in the program with the flu. We got the Kyle Arns back injury uh, who he didn't play against Purdue. Um, and and Izzo says, I think Arns is going to have a bad back the rest of the year because I don't think a bat he goes i've never had a lot of injuries but a bad back is not a good injury to have um can you confirm that tate is that true? <laughs> yeah it's not a good injury okay. i also have the flu so i, I feel like um, i play for michigan state at this point so he uh we, we got the arms back we got the langford mysterious injury we have the nick ward flu and then tate they lose to purdue they get their asses handed to them they kind of come back there at the end they, they end up losing by 10 but they're down 20 something uh the game was well out of reach in the second half um and they, they get on the plane to go back to East Lansing, and the plane basically wouldn't start. And uh, uh, 
Michigan State had to get on a bus and drive from West Lafayette back to East Lansing instead of flying. And my question to you, Tate, you and I were in Minnesota, as we said, on Tuesday, we flew out of Minnesota. It was cold as shit in Minnesota. Um, that is the story they're putting forth is that Michigan State could not fly from West Lafayette because it was too cold in West Lafayette and like the plane wouldn't start and basically like just the cold wouldn't allow the plane to work. And we flew from Minnesota with no problems. So does this smell like more bullshit to you that Tom is was like, we just lost. I'm going to lay it on a little thicker and make the guys ride back in a bus because they didn't earn the right to fly. And because I, I say yes, I say yes. This is just another level, another layer to the uh, manufactured adversity. I see right through this. Kyle, play the music. Titus, this is the Michigan State mystery because this all checks out to work. Because I will say this, Joey Brooks, a uh, friend of the program, uh, Purdue, he sent a Snapchat that was 10 degrees, complaining about 10 degrees. Are you kidding me? If you're in positive degrees, I don't want to hear it. So 10 degrees, that's not bad. You, you can fly in 10 degrees. And we were on a jetway. And I'll tell you this, I was on a jetway praying because I'm sitting on a plane with the flu, just praying that this thing will take off. There will be no problems. I'm just waiting for them to drop some sort of like, you know, we have to de-ice the plane. Sorry, guys. I mean, it's negative 15 outside. What do you expect from us? And I would understand that because, again, it's negative 15 outside. How is this plane going to work in the first place? And we took off no problem. No questions asked. So if you're Tom Izzo and you're trying to create this controversy and adversity and all this sort of stuff that we know he's doing, again, every time he says this, I wish he would just stop subtweeting you and just say, at Mark Titus, at right, Globe exactly. Trillion, because we know he's saying it directly to you. Exactly. But anyways, exactly. he wanted come on them the pod, to pay Tom. penance. Come on, the, come on the pod and defend yourself. He wanted to pay penance for the Purdue loss, and we know what coaches do. I don't know if you had this, but like when we would lose a game sometimes, our coaches wouldn't stop the bus. Like You know, you're supposed to get food and feed the kids. Right. But sometimes you just wouldn't stop the bus. You would just drive straight home. So Tom Izzo was like, I'm going to teach these kids a lesson. They're not going to fly like, the, you know, they're big timers or something. We're going to take this bus, but then leak it to the public that the plane didn't work. You know what I mean? Just so he doesn't look like the bad guy. He's still playing the good guy role. He can, you know, just say this is just what happens. You know, it is what it is. And then he teaches these guys a lesson. And they have to ride on a bus that has to warm up. So it's probably cold on there. And probably I have, getting more I have, people to flu. Exactly. Exactly. I have I have another theory with this that I think uh, he's trying to pull the uh, the Michigan thing. He's he, you remember Michigan two years ago, like right before the Big Ten tournament, they had the plane like run off the skid off the runway. And yeah. Then they, and yeah. then and then they like and then they basically the never lost yeah. again. They they've lost like yes. two games since that plane like, in the last three years since that plane. They became uh, we are skid- Michigan. Yeah. 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 Uh, I th- I think there's something with that. I think Izzo was like. Plane troubles is the way you take your team to the next level. Uh, we're going to make up a bullshit thing about it being too cold, and we're going to make these guys ride. That's that's got to be it. Um, but yeah, as for the actual game, uh, Michigan State, like, I, this isn't surprising. Uh, I'm not even like stick aside about the uh, manufactured versus all that kind of stuff. This was Michigan State's fifth Tate fifth road game in the last seven games. They played five road games wow. out of their last seven. Cassius Winston. So since Langford's been out and Orange has the back thing. Uh, Foster Lawyer, the little short white kid from Michigan that, um, yeah, is, he's a freshman on Michigan State. It's pretty clear, like, Izzo doesn't trust this guy. I'm not saying he should or he shouldn't, but he played one minute against Purdue. And, uh, I think that's kind of indicative of, like, like basically, I, I bring that up to say that he is running Cassius Winston into the ground. Cassius Winston, in the first 14 games that Michigan State played this year, he's, he played in 35 plus minutes three times, three times out of 14 games. Uh, in the last seven games, he's done it six times. So this man is tired. They're playing on the road a lot. 
you're asking Cassius Winston to basically do everything. Uh, it was sort of inevitable that the wheels were going to fall off for Michigan State at some point, and they were going to have a loss like this. Um, and it's it's exactly as it was planned. Izzo's, Izzo's smiling like, this is so exciting. I can pull out the shoulder pads in practice now and pretend like I'm mad. And really, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. And Josh Langford's probably going to be back next game. So there you have it. Yes. <laughs> Yes, we're going to return Very good one of our move. best players, one of our starters. Very good guy move. Way to go, Izzo. Happy bir- oh, by the way, happy birthday, Tom Izzo. It is his birthday today. He turned 64 today. So uh, there's that. But, wow. yeah, keep it on. I should say, it's by also, the way, I should also, also mention. Christian Bale's birthday. Happy birthday, Christian Bale. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, Dick Cheney. Um, oh, wow. Same, nice, same Dick Kyle. Cheney. <laughs> Kyle's become really conservative since going to Utah. Do you, <laughs> um, do you guys have a bad guy with 30 minutes in? <laughs> dude, who gives a shit? People that listen to So last night at this uh I was at the at the the Club Trill beer event. Like, first of all, I, I'm just gonna do this now because it makes sense to do it now. Thank you to everybody who came. It was an awesome event. Like I, I couldn't believe how many people showed up. It was crazy how many people like we had to turn people away. There were people fighting each other trying to get in. Uh like we weren't even selling tickets, but people were scalping tickets out there just to get in. It was insane. The police got called. It was it was a wild event. Um, and I can't thank you guys enough. But uh Tate, the 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 I got like two questions more than any other. Well, I guess I guess I'll I'll do the power rankings, the questions people can't do. They say, one, where is Kyle and Tate? And I was like, I don't think you understand where these men live, and they're not gonna fly into Columbus just for this. Number two was like, is Tate dead? And then number three is like what is good guy, bad guy again? Can you explain it to me? <laughs> and I was answering this all night. And then like other people were like, listen to me, explain this to people. And then they're like, dude, that's the charm of the whole segment is that it's just a clusterfuck and we all love it. Um, so yeah, Kyle, that, my point is Step up, I got Kyle. confirmation last night. Got it. Yeah. Confirmation last night that people don't actually want structure. They like it when the, uh, we have, we think we have structure and then everything just, Spirals out of control. Um, I, I wanted to, I wanted to comment on Purdue Tate, and then we'll and then we'll quit. Uh, yes, please. Purdue's, Purdue Purdue is playing good basketball. I, that was my comment. That uh, non conference schedule. I thought it was Carson Edwards. I thought it was basically Carson Edwards and some white guys like Boudreaux and Harms and Klein. Uh, Boudreaux pulls his groin, and then these young freshmen, the the uh, Wheeler and and basically the the Caleb Swanigan two guy. Um, they're playing really well. Harms is playing well. Klein like won't miss. I think Klein's shooting like fifty something percent from three in January. Um, they're coming together. They're a nice team. They're they're it's still Purdue. They're still not going. They're still going. They're sealing to Sweet Sixteen as we know. But um, yeah, this is not a not a one man show anymore. So I just wanted to bring that up. Congratulations, Purdue. You did it. Yeah, and you <laughs> forgot about my boy Eastern double double twelve and eleven. Oh yeah, yeah, Nozel Eastern, your All American pick. Your preseason <laughs> all that I kept the one that I kept pointing out to all the Purdue guys, and they were like, "Yeah, totally." Yeah, yeah, see what yeah sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure, man. Whatever you say. I was like, "But uh, they don't understand." Right. I'm a momentum guy. That's what Easton brings to the table. Bad all guy? right, let's move on. Bad guys. Yes, go ahead. You can go first. I will give you the honors. Who is your bag guy of the week? Bad guy of the week for me is the head coach of your North Carolina Tar Heels, Mister Roy Williams. Ooh. And the reason I say this, interesting. Number one. Yeah, the reason that Roy Williams is the bad guy of the week is because, like we have mentioned about 49 times on this podcast, uh, because our brains are probably still frozen and thawing out, uh, Roy Williams was also in Minnesota. He was in Rochester, Minnesota, to visit a five-star forward by the name of Matt Hurt. And if you don't know who Matt Hurt is, I mean, honestly, I know that Roy Williams offered him three years ago. He is down to, here's his list of schools, Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, and, of course, Minnesota. Uh, 
let me just say, Roy Williams is wearing, uh, he's wearing the off-whites uh, in the game, sitting on the Carolina bench. Coach K doing the same thing. So that's the it, basically all the bad guys have been wearing shoes uh, to let it be known where they stand uh, in the cool factor of the world. <laughs> Penny Hardaway's wearing shoes on the sideline. Obviously, this is a kicks for cancer. But if you're wearing like elite Nike stuff, or if you're Penny and you're wearing, uh, you know, his his shoes from back in the day, then it's really setting a statement, setting the tone as a bad guy. But then for Williams to have his eight days off and then to fly up to Minnesota in negative degree temps to watch Matt mm-hmm. Hurt play in a gym randomly. Uh, he's trying to add to a class with Baycott. Armando Baycott is in that class. Uh, Cole Anthony is a guy that they have on their board. Matt Hurd is basically Kyle Wilcher, but skinny and quick. Uh, shoots a lot of threes. Looks like he could be, uh, you know, just like a prelim, like a big time scorer in college basketball, possibly. White guy, uh, if you don't know that by now, based on all oh, the terms that you okay. describe him. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, up in up in Rochester, Minnesota. Mm, um, but mm-hmm. I just have to say, to to take that flight into negative degree temps to go watch a guy play uh, high school basketball, that is a bad guy move. That is a real recruiter move, and that is why Roe Williams is my bad guy of the week. And then he. And then he got stuck there because it was too cold to fly home, right? Or no, no, that's no, not right. Got, because that's not actually there. a thing. Exactly. Oh, that's yes. that's not actually a thing. Um, all yes. right, that's a good pick. I, I, I respect that. Um, my bad guy, and stay with me on this one. This is a little history lesson for you youngins out there. My bad guy is a, is a, is a man by the name of Paul Whiteman. Um, this man, uh, again, history lesson. Some of, you, some of you youngsters believe that Sean Miller is the man who invented bag dropping in the desert. They, they, they think they're, they're these Johnny come lately state uh, think that that Sean Miller, that there was that the Arizona, the University of Arizona was playing it by the book before Sean Miller came to town. <laughs> and then the bags, just two words, flying. Lute Olson, Lute Olson. And <laughs> that is that is not correct. Uh, there is this man named Paul Whiteman. He is Lute Olson's best friend. He owns car dealerships all over Tucson. Uh, he's he's Lute Olson's best friend in this way, Tate. This is a man who had a horse win the Breeders' Cup, and the name of the horse was Midnight Lou because, and I swear to God, this is true, uh, Lou Olson, when he was recruiting Tom Tolbert, like Tom Tolbert was on the, I forget who the other school was, but uh, it was basically like Arizona and some other school, and and he was supposed to go to the other school, and Lou Olson comes in at the last minute and gets Tom Tolbert to come to Arizona. And he, he, he basically nicknamed Lou Olson Midnight Lou because he's at the stroke of midnight, he stole Tom Tolbert from the other school. Stole, quote-unquote. Um, and then, so this guy had a horse, he named it midnight loot because of that story, et cetera, et cetera. How is that relevant to today? Titus get to the point. Here's the point, Tate. Here's the point. Damon Stoudemire, head coach of Pacific tweets this the other day. He says, guy in the airport said he went to U of A and enjoyed watching me play. Then said, I almost hit him with my BMW by the BMW by the stadium in 1993. <laughs> <laughs> Finished with he finished with I never seen a college team have so many guys with nice whips and then Stoudemire throws in a shrug emoji a zip uh, an emoji with like the zipper over the mouth and then the emoji doing like the shh the finger over the lips thing. <laughs> the, the, the head coach of Pacific. <laughs> yes, the head coach of Pacific. He has since deleted the tweet, by the way. So it gets better. Uh, Greg Anthony then replies. He quote tweets it, the the Stoudemire tweet, and he says. Damn, he never Not saw the Rebels than my play. Bentley. No, that's exactly what he said. He said, did this guy never see UNLV play? <laughs> and he put crying laughing emojis. So Greg Anthony's basically saying, like, we had better cars than you. And then Stoudemire says, I seen y'all's cars definitely way better than ours. And then Anthony chirps back with this. Uh, I heard about that. And then it's a bag. It's an emoji of a bag. 
I heard about that mm. bag at Zona. Word is they still cha-ching in it. And then he put crying laughing emojis. And this was the inter- this was the exchange going on, uh, and and the relevant part beyond like these guys admitting that they were were, were picking up bags back in the day in the nineties. Um, as you already brought up, Cole Anthony is Greg Anthony's son, and the fact that, that Greg Anthony is saying the word is that they're still dropping bags out there in Arizona, as his son is the number two recruit in the country, as David Stoudemire is the head coach of a Division One school. <laughs> we're back. The content is back, Tate. <laughs> That is almost unbelievable, but also hilarious. And I just can't believe that Paul Whiteman is basically the Ashley safe, the Ashley Schaefer of Arizona. You know what I mean, like that is. is a, that is, that is a perfect, that is a perfect person to have on your side as far as, and like BMW, like I wish Billy Preston would have responded not better than mine. And then, you know, yeah, at right. Kansas. <laughs> like it just, just keeps going on. Like different guys chime in, uh, over time. Charles Barkley chimes in, you know, not better than my Mercedes at Auburn. Uh, that would be great. That is, uh, and then, we and need to delete the, uh, that. And then Zion does the uh, Homer Zion Simpson the backing into emoji. the bushes. He does, yeah. <laughs> he does the house emoji with a pull. <laughs> and every, everyone's like, ah, I, get, I don't know if I can read between the lines. And then they, they ask him, what did he mean by that? And he's like, uh, I didn't tweet that. My account was hacked. <laughs> the funniest part is uh, the funniest part about this story is like Stoudemire deleted his original tweet, but he, he the other ones are still up there as far as I know. Um, so like the first one's gone, but you still see like the interchange with like, I don't know, Greg Anthony and. I don't know. It's it's great. So Paul Whiteman's my guy. He was uh yeah, the card did the the guy who I'm I'm not saying that that uh Damon Stoudemire got cars for free. I'm just saying that this this Twitter exchange happened and also Lute Olson's best friend is a car dealer in Tucson, Arizona. So I don't know. You guys connect the dots. <laughs> and that is your history it's, lesson, uh, friends. <laughs> yes. This is a very bag Duato moment for the bag dropping, yes. Our our guy Wild Bags is gonna love that. He's gonna. I, I'm excited to see the photoshops that Wild Bags, our good our good our good friend Wild Bags comes up with on that one. Um, I wish that right. Coach Sean Miller would have liked all those tweets. That would have even been that, that would have really <laughs> taken it to the next level. Is it time for is it time for Cow Guy? Mark Mark Schleybach likes all these tweets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Retweets. RT. 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 First uh, time active since uh, February of last year. Uh, it cow is, Guy. Uh, yeah. It, it, we got to yeah. talk about it, right? It's it's Cow yeah, Guy of the week. This this is the moment uh, for me. My Cow Guy moment. Uh, he hits the game ceiling. Uh, game ceiling. Basically, not really, but he hits the three in overtime. Uh, Jerome drives in the lane, kicks it to him in the corner. He hadn't made a three all game uh, and hits. The big three. I think he made it like 64, 61 when he did that. And that basically sealed the game. Uh, Markel Johnson was fighting some sort of weird injury and they wouldn't let him sit out, even though it seemed like he wanted to sit out. They're like rubbing his shit. I think he was getting like shit. It was like yeah, a the Josh shin splints type thing. Yeah, that, it was it was strange. Like he wanted mm-hmm. to go back to the locker room, and then they were like, "No, you have to go sit in the front seat." And then Keats put him back in the game later. But uh, that was the cow guy moment. He had a, that was his one three. Granted, he airballed a three a uh, couple possessions mm-hmm. later when they were trying to score a basket. But uh, that was pretty much that won that game. But Virginia looked all out of sorts. I mean, I understand playing in Raleigh. Uh, it, it does do that to you. I mean, it's loud in there. They got all the fat heads, uh, you know, throwing them up. They got all the yelling, whatever you could ever imagine uh, at every player on your team. So that's always tough to deal with. But they they seem like they were just making the mistakes they never make, like going for steals that they would never go for, mm. uh, taking risks, so, sort of playing like what NC State, how NC State plays, you know, just kind of having dumb fouls. Like I saw a couple of times, uh, you know, like Braxton Key one time was like driving into the paint completely out of control. 
and Markel Johnson just comes over and tries to slap the ball away and just slaps him in the arm, and it's a foul. And it's just like, why? why what are you doing? Why are you doing that? But Virginia mm-hmm. was doing the same things back to state, which uh, is not a good sign for Virginia. But again, it is a tough road game. Uh, but that, but Kyle Guy, I mean, he had that big moment that pretty much uh, you know got them got them in a position to win that game. But what do you? Th- I mean, I gotta ask, like that Deion the DeAndre Hunter foul. Obviously, Jamie Lucky. Uh, you know, makes that call and Hunter does, you know, kind of come into contact with Markel Johnson. But that's the most state thing that I've ever seen in my life. So he gets three shots. Yeah. They're down three. Yes. They could have tied six. It's, it's 66, 63, three shots. We're going to go to double OT. This is all setting up perfectly. And then he misses the first free throw, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that pretty much now we're okay. All right. Now we're in a situation. Then swishes the second one again, dealing with the injury. And the last one, they take a timeout. Virginia's like, all right, w- watch for this cross action on the bottom. Don't let him get a tip in, you know, look out for mm-hmm. Thunderfuck. You know what I mean? Like Thunderfuck <laughs> might get there and try to tip this ball in, you know, keep an eye on that guy. And then, and then Markel Johnson does the one thing that you can't do there and just makes it. it. Makes it. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it was just the most state thing ever. I mean, I almost feel bad because they, not to say that they deserve to win that game, but they played well enough to win that game. And Virginia played, you know, mm-hmm. poorly enough to lose that game, of course. Uh, especially on the road. And uh, it just, I just can't believe that game played out the way it did. But uh, Kyle Guy, again, steps up in the big moment. And I saw Caroline Darney, friend of the program, covers Virginia a lot. I saw a lot of people chirping saying Kyle Guy is very hateable uh, yesterday. Those are NC State what? fans. And they were mad. They were mad. That's what was no. happening. It, w- it wasn't anything Why? other than that. Uh, Jamie Jamie Lucky's getting a lot of blame from from a lot of people uh-huh. also, but that is the fun of the ACC and that is the fun of Kyle Guy playing in that environment. So, uh, big shot for Kyle Guy. Tie ball game Speaking didn't of- work out though. He missed he missed the last shot in re- in regular time, uh, despite Speaking- you know going ISO Jerome. Hated that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Ty Jerome was all out of sorts that game. Tie ball game. Yeah, that was that was a tie Jerome game, not a tie ball game game. Um, we we need tie ball game back. Uh. Speaking of Jamie Lucky, I, just as an aside, I, I, I have a new pet peeve uh, of how people – I seem to notice it in college basketball more than anything else because I guess I probably just consume more college basketball content. That's probably really what it is. Um, but uh, I have a new pet peeve of, of fans on the internet. When uh, you complain about the officials, you like everyone's like, the, the officiating sucks. And, of course, it does. It's college basketball. I'm not saying the officials are good. Um, but the move of, like – the officials were horrible. Like the team that lost is, is says the officials sucked. And then you, you set yourself, you know, you're going to, you're setting yourself up for sour grapes. You know, that you, you know that people are going to reply with like a dancing salt shaker and be and and, <laughs> and rub that shit in. And you're, you're, so what you do is you say the officials sucked both ways. And then now it's like, you're still making your point that like we were fucked by the officials, but Guys, I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm not actually mad because I'm. Just, I'm. I'm admitting that they made bad calls both ways. That is. That is my new pet peeve of like people thinking that. Like we see what you're doing, dude. We see what you're doing. You thought your team was better than the other team, and the officials ruined the game. That's really the point that you want to make. You're just too soft to like go all the way and say that, right? This happens all the time. But that drives me nuts. That's my. But new it pet has peeve. to be direct. 
It has to be direct, yeah. you know what I mean? If you're saying Just it say, open-ended, like the the officials, you know, the, like if you're doing blanket statements like what we were doing with Minnesota earlier, you know, where you just talk about Minnesota as a as a, as a blanket thing. If you just say the officials, yeah. that's not pointed enough. It has to be Jamie Lucky put 0.9 seconds on the clock when it was 7.1 and made it 8, you know what I mean? Yeah, and right. Jamie Lucky made the call, you know, for DeAndre right. Hunter uh, on that foul. You know, if it's direct, then I know at least, you know, your your hate is pointed, which, uh, you know, I can appreciate because at least, you know, it's, it's not trying to play the both sides thing so there's uh, that just be direct there's, no say say yeah. tv teddy turned his back and you're out you know what i mean yeah but but also don't say both sides just 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 stand by it just be like we got fucked we would have won but the officials fucked us just say it that's what you really yeah. want to say so just say it don't say yeah. they were bad both ways i felt like both ways and as though people are going to be like oh wow this guy's a really rational thinker here because <laughs> he said both ways he took his bias out of this um it's it's that one, and then the other pet peeve is the uh, the people on Reddit that like go into the other teams' forums and is like, "Hey, I'm a Packers fan, but I come in peace, and I just want to say y'all got a great team." And uh, anyway, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> those <laughs> um, are called those are called nice guys. Yeah, nice guys. It's like, hey, Bears, uh, you guys are really good this year. Uh, just want to say that. It's like, dude, just stop it. Everybody, stop it. Uh, here are my Virginia thoughts, Tate. Um, I was actually worried this game. This I, I came away from this game. I don't want to overreact, but this is a problem. This was this entire game against NC State was Syracuse 2016 NCAA tournament game. That's exactly what it was. It was the exact same game. I thought uh, Virginia gets out to a big lead. They're just slowly imposing their will as they do, just like a, a boa constrictor, just tightening their grip on the team. And then they get to a certain point, they kind of let their foot off the gas, and then their opponent starts pressing out of a halfway a sense of desperation halfway just like you know maybe we'll try to speed them up because they don't they like to play slow um so nc state starts pressing virginia starts taking dumb shots turning the ball over and then nc state starts chipping away and it just snowballs and goes out of control and that is a problem for me because like i i said this when they lost to duke i didn't really have a problem with the duke loss because i felt like virginia showed me something which is a plan B. This is the problem with Virginia every year. This is it, do they have a plan B? They can run their system, but when shit hits the fan, can they can they adapt? Can they change to what the game is throwing at them? The Duke game, I was actually encouraged, even though they lost, because I said, okay, so if if a situation calls for it and they need to play ISO ball, DeAndre Hunter proved that he can be the guy. You can throw him the ball and he can go get ISO buckets if that's what you need. That's pretty awesome. So I was pleased with how they played at Duke, even though they lost. This one is the opposite, where they won. But my God, that is very concerning. The press that that if like th- this is the nightmare situation for Virginia fans that uh, this happens again in the NCAA tournament, and I'm a little concerned. I'll be honest because if we're if we're going to talk about how Virginia is different from all the other teams of the past, the Virginia team this this situation that played out against NC State is the exact same thing that happened in 2016 that led to the the embarrassing collapse against Syracuse, and and that's kind of when the Virginia jokes really took off at that point, right? Um, so yeah, I don't know. That was my thought. So I really, really hope that like, I, I assume they're going to work on this. I assume, but I, I, I don't know. I hope that like something is done about this and it isn't like, I, I hope that Tony Bennett and Virginia, they don't just like wipe their brow and just be like, whew, we stole a win. Let's just flush that one down and not watch that tape and move on. Cause to me, like this was a serious problem that when Virginia gets pressed, um, and this is a whole different group of guys, like this is not the team from 2016. Uh, so this isn't like London Parentes is like, oh, okay, I remember last time, so now let me fix. I, I remember the things I did wrong. Um, I don't know. This is like a new group of guys that think they've arrived, whatever, 
Uh, and then this happens against NC State. I'm just I'm glad it happened now and not an NCAA tournament because I, I am actually concerned that uh, a team that presses them will speed them up. And I mean, they had 16 turnovers, Tate. And they were taking not only 16 turnovers, they were like blowing layups and it was wild. And then they were taking chances on defense. It was, it was, they were very, very out of sorts. So um, th- th- that's my thoughts. That's my, that's my Kyle guy update. <laughs> I will, yeah. And I will say, I mean, you, I mean, you say all that but about the press and all that sort of stuff and getting them out of sorts, but they played out of sorts and they played like they were, they played NC State's game. I mean, that's the easiest way to put it. And by playing their game, they still were able to figure, like they found a way to win that game. And granted, you can say all you want to say about like, uh, like the Markel Johnson sequence at the end of the game. I mean, that is a very fortuitous situation where that but, worked out well for them. But, but DeAndre Hunter made those late free throws. That was big. Of, you know, the shot that, you know, Jerome, the guy made that shot. That was a big play uh, when they needed to penetrate and get a nice kick on the outside. And he finally hit a three in that one. And I mean, it, did it i know what you're saying just because you win doesn't mean you don't watch the tape and but I, here's, I, here's they my did thing. not seem like they were content with what i mean they they seem like oh shit we got away with one that's the old way i think that is fine uh that's the old way of virginia thinking though is like you you look you say you played poorly but we still won and that's what matters most and we're still at the top of the acc and we could still win the acc and get a one seed and all that that is the old Virginia way of thinking, um, and, and it's fine for a lot of different programs. But Virginia's reached a point after you lose to a 16 seed, after you have the his, the, the history of choking in the NCAA tournament that that we've arrived at this point. Um, the, the philosophy has to be almost you don't go full Duke where you're like we don't really give a shit about the regular season ACC title at all. But there is a little bit of that where Duke is trying to win national titles, um, and I think Virginia's should shift the mindset. You don't completely abandon trying to win the ACC, but I think instead of viewing it as like, all we have to do is get the win, just get the win. That's all that matters. If we just keep winning, everything will take care of itself. I think you have to step back and be like, that philosophy has not worked for us. What we need to start doing is, is evaluating all the different scenarios that could play out, have a contingency plan in place. Um, And that's kind of the point I'm making here is that like, this was a this was a lesson that if if this sort of game presents itself how are you going to handle it in the NCAA tournament and as of right now the answer is poorly and hopefully between now and March that changes for their sake um because I think the days of like it doesn't matter we just won that's all that matters uh I don't know that was cool but you've won the ACC already you wanted to you know you won it every freaking year and you've won the ACC tournament like you've already done all that literally the only jewel left on your crown that you're trying to build here is NCAA tournament success, the final four. Um, so yeah, that that's it. That's a little too, uh, I don't know. I still believe in you, Virginia. A lot of people last night, a lot of guys at the, at, the, at my little event at the bar last night, Tate, a lot of Virginia haters, a lot of people, a lot of people out on Virginia. That's the general public's opinion. It seems to be a lot of people were, were roasting me and Kyle guy. So I don't know. I, I, I would like, I would like for Virginia to, to figure this thing out. I should mention, by the way, another like, Kyle guy. Up. Yeah. It sounds like state fans and these are yeah. of the Ohio state breed. Yeah. Of course. I said uh I, I I said like a few weeks ago that Kyle Guy's fiance got into law school at Notre Dame and I said keep an eye on when he plays at Notre Dame and he's gonna suck. I guarantee it. Um uh, you know, just in the interest of integrity, I'm gonna admit I was wrong. <laughs> Kyle Guy dropped fifteen points in the game before the NC State over the weekend. They played at Notre Dame. He had fifteen, he went six for eight yeah. in the field. So yeah. Whoops. <laughs> it's all right. Oh it was a good setup. Oh, there- there's this Virginia update too. This isn't Kyle Guy, but it's Virginia, so we're gonna talk about it. Uh, did you see that uh, Tony Bennett's wife? I think her name's Yanni. Um, she was asking for Duke tickets on Twitter, 
she was like, does anybody have tickets for, for the Duke game? And uh, Phony Bennett, a friend of the program, Phony Bennett, the 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 parody account, um, he said, the guy tweets at him, he says, don't you know a guy who can hook you up? And then Yanny Bennett says, "The pro- here's the direct quote. The problem is that we can only discuss the very next game. That's the only game that matters right now. So dot, dot, dot. That's hilarious, isn't it? That's perfect. So she's trying to get Duke tickets. Yeah. Trying to get Duke tickets, Let's but get uh, she can't Let's... ask her husband because her husband's only focused on the game in front of him, not the Duke game. Yeah. Anyway. Perfect. The Tony uh, Bennett answer. Uh, can we do Kyle's guy real quick? Yeah, Kyle, go ahead. Who's your guy? Real Hit quick. With it. Um, so you, you guys know that I probably shouldn't admit this, but I get like north of 90% of my college basketball info from you guys. And I saw just a small bit of the um, – Ohio State Michigan game and um there there he was Swaggy Pool doing his thing did no assists no rebounds nice. but uh he was getting it done at 15 points and it just you know it's just nice to know like it's nice when the shoe fits and it all makes sense like you know I based on your ideas of Swaggy Pool and what I hear it's just nice when he you know he fits the bill so it feels good I felt informed so thank you guys and thank okay. you Swaggy Pool Okay that's perfect Swaggy Pool living answer. up to the hype as always Congratulations Swaggy Pool is is Swaggy P is the original Swaggy P in the league still? Is Nick Young in the league? No, he is not. He is, is waiting for the it, call from LeBron for the playoffs. Isn't that isn't that kind of hilarious that like D'Angelo Russell took the video of Swaggy P and uh like everyone treated it like Swaggy P was like you can't do that to Swaggy P. You gotta go. Like we, we you have to trade D'Angelo Russell because he pissed off Swaggy P. And now like <laughs> now Nick Young's out of like I don't know. Seems like it was kind of a the Lakers mishandled that whole situation. And so, someone's going to tweet at me and be like, you don't understand the cap room that that cleared in the whatever. <laughs> that was my understanding of yeah. it. It was like D'Angelo Russell pissed off Nick Young, and it was like, we got to keep one. And obviously we're going to keep Nick Young because he's Swaggy P, and he he has the meme where he shot the ball and he turned around before it went in, and he has the confused face, and we have to keep him, right? And then now D'Angelo Russell's killing it, and Nick Young's out of the league. So that's funny. And the uh, Nets are good. good and Theo Pinson's playing for the Nets. So that was great. Great pick, Kyle. Uh, and then Cal's guy, uh, John Calipari's mm-hmm. guy of the week for me, uh, Derek Rose. He just tweeted this out. One of the best teammates to play any sport was hard on himself, but never his team would take a backseat to let someone shine, but would always put himself on the line to win. Love you at D Rose. And uh, that's all about this Derrick Rose documentary that's coming out that actually looks pretty interesting. Uh, but I just want to point out, I mean, D. Rose, Cal. I mean, I don't know about the word choice, put himself on the line to win. I mean, you know, granted, that was tough with Mario's miracle. But uh, I love Cal uh, showing love to his Memphis guys, and especially Derrick Rose, who I have a soft spot for. I wish Derrick would have played when we were in Minnesota. But didn't quite work yeah. out. He's got a sore knee. Yeah. Um, my, my cows guy pick was going to be Anthony Davis, uh, for basically demanding, demanding a trade. Yeah. Demanding the yes. trade, which is hilarious. And, um, yeah, the, the, the NBA is the WWE and I love it. It's so funny. And, and I don't know, it's just, it's so perfect. I, I have so many thoughts, hey, but I'm just good. We're already an hour in, so I'm just going to move on. But, uh, I was going to be Anthony <laughs> Davis for, uh, <laughs> I just have so many thoughts on how the NBA operates and. I, I love watching the basketball, but goddamn, the, the, the WWE stuff that goes on is, like, hysterical. Uh, but anyway, he was going to be my pick, Tate. But then Kentucky played Kansas on Saturday night, and they cut to the bench. And I know Cal's guy is supposed to be a pro player, but this was too good. 
it has to be Brad. It has to be his son for the outfit that pro, he wore at the Kansas game. A pro With dresser. The, yeah. Yeah. He uh uh he had a turtleneck on, he had the sport coat over the turtleneck, he had the chain over the turtleneck, he had the the shitty haircut where like his bang he had the dumb and dumber thing where like his bangs were like a half inch long and it was like a bowl cut and oh my god. What what a what a look that was. I don't even know how else to describe it. Kyle, you should look this up by the way. Google Brad Calipari images. Like, <laughs> What's the first thing that came up? <laughs> <laughs> It's it's called the Drake take care look, and uh, he went full in on it. Oh, I mean, man. the mock turtleneck like is a always, a, is always a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So shout out to Brad. Shout out to shout out to Kentucky. By the way, should should uh we we talk for about Kentucky like real quickly that Kentucky is good. Yeah, they. I don't know if you've been paying attention. They started. Well, they started this trend. We we said on the last podcast, we were hoping that Kentucky, Kansas would save us with some content. And they really, you know, I mean, it, it started the 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 slope towards good things because Kentucky in that game was fun to watch. They they beat Kansas in that game, sort of sets the... Now, I mean, we're going to talk to Kansas a little bit later. They lose to Texas, obviously, also lose to Kentucky. But in that game, that sort of started the trend towards good things, good topics, good, good mojo around all things college basketball. And so we'll give Cal credit for that because uh, that was a fun game for Kentucky. And they seem to be now I'm seeing headlines everywhere. Like, is is Kentucky a legitimate title contender? And uh, they're number uh, five in the country now. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that's a bit of a stretch. But but it is but it is nice to see that, you know, okay. Cal and all those guys, they're back in the lexicon of uh, competing for a title. So that's good. So let me let, let me let me paint this picture for you. Say the Duke game didn't happen. Uh, that was an exhibition. It was just like like they didn't play the Duke game in November. They played it in July in the Bahamas. And it was just an exhibition game. Um, let's, let's go with that. It was like a secret scrimmage that was televised, right? Let's pretend like that happened. Uh, and then let's say Kentucky gets to a point where Tyler hero is shooting is like third on the team and shot. It's or just second, just like, basically it, like it, by the time the tournament comes around, it is clearly PJ Washington's team. Like it has been the last two games where, where PJ Washington's playing out of his mind. Um, would you believe in that Kentucky team? Because I, I think that for me, like they're slowly getting there and the two hangups, are the same two hangups it's kind of been all season, which is one, I'm sorry, I, I I'm slowly coming around on Tyler Hero. I really am. I'm love I love that the man has no conscience. That's like the thing I, I'm starting to love that. Like the thing I hated about him the most, I actually kind of respect the shit out of it because he can miss eight shots in a row and he's still trying to dunk on people and just he just he has like a one track mind and that's pretty cool, especially when he's making shots. Um but but I I'm worried that like you can't you're not winning a national championship with Tyler Hero as your best player or like as your go-to guy. You're you're funneling him the ball and you're letting him shoot 18 times a game. That's not happening. And the other hang-up is the Duke game. It's just like it, it's hard to it's hard to pretend that that didn't happen. But if there's a world where one we can readjust the the hierarchy of Kentucky where we're, where it gets to the point where it's like PJ Washington is the guy. The offense runs through him. He is the face of this team. Tyler Hero. You are very good. We will let you shoot threes. We will let you try to score, but make no mistake, it's PJ Washington's team. Um, you get to that point, and then I don't know. Something happens where I can f- forgive the Duke loss. I, is that is that how this is going to end? Is Kentucky going to beat Duke in the NCAA tournament? I think that's how it has to. It, that's that's where we're headed. We're getting like the the Villanova Oklahoma situation where Oklahoma beat the hell out of Villanova in Hawaii in 2016. You remember this? The Buddy Hill mm-hmm. team. Yep. And then Villanova yeah. returned the favor and beat the shit out of them. I feel like that that's the vibe I'm getting, honestly. Like the Kansas is, or K- Kentucky's going to play Duke in the Elite Eight 
And Duke's going to be favored by like nine and a half points because Duke beat the shit out of him in the first game. And then Kentucky's going to win. And Tyler Hero is going to have like 38 points. And then my timeline is just going to be people tweeting at me. <laughs> Speak it into like, existence. At least you're saying it now. Then, get ahead of it. That's what you got to do. Then on the other, get ahead of it. Yeah. And then on the other end of the bracket, like Xavier Simpson is the most outstanding player in his regional. And <laughs> I'm trying to. And then Virginia loses to a 16 seed again. And everyone's like, you dumbass, Titus. <laughs> That's the life. That's the life of um, sports commentary. It'll be yeah. Fun. I like I, the 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 point is I like Kentucky, uh, Kansas though. Yeah, l- l- let's talk about Kansas for two minutes. Uh, Kansas. That's my thoughts on Kansas. You fucking suck. You you can't score at the basket. You can't hit threes. You have no desire to play anymore. Like I think Kansas fans are over this season. Their team just doesn't even care. Like the the freshman kid. I forget his name. The I I don't want to pronounce it. Cause people are gonna make fun. The Agbaji or something, right? Uh, the, the freshman yeah, he like was, 25. He getting, yeah. yeah, he played yeah. well against – that kid plays hard. He he cares. He clearly cares. Uh, the rest of the team – like even Diedrich Lawson's just kind of like, can I just get my 19 and 10 and go sit on the bench? Like I don't really – I don't really want to be here anymore. Like it's it's embarrassing. Yeah, he, he got worked. Who the fuck knows what's going on with yeah. him? I don't know, man. He got worked in so. that game by Jackson Hayes. That was another good moment for Jackson Hayes and his whole, uh, you know, run to be a top 14, top 15 pick in the draft. So that was interesting to see. I think it's good for Shaka, good pub for Shaka. A lot of people turn it on him a little bit. So uh, we'll see what Bill Self does. But this could be the year, Mark Titus, that Kansas finally gets knocked off. So we'll keep an eye on that for sure. What, okay, so what will make you um, care? What what will make you really grab your attention uh and and I know you said this could be the year, but like we kind of say that every year. And um, w- at what point will that's you the, be like, that's "Oh shit, this is for real"? Oh, I know that's what I mean. Uh, like, it's, it's not like kind of a joke. Real. At what point will no longer be a joke? No, no, not until it's real. Honestly, at this point, it's been too long. It's one thing if it's like uh, so, two, three years. You know what I mean? This is this has been too too long of a string uh, of events for it to be something that you could decide or predetermine in February. I mean, they would have to lose, I would say, like five straight for it to be real. Honestly, and that's never going to happen. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, at right, right now, Kansas has not lost at home. Um, they are going to have the, they have the best home court advantage, if not in all of college basketball, certainly in all of the Big 12. And you start, you start doing the math. You're playing 18 conference games. Nine of them are at home, right? So if Kansas, like every single season, for the most part, uh, there's a decent chance that Kansas is going to go 9-0 and at home. So they're already starting with nine wins, basically. And then you split the other nine. If they go four and five, on the road, which I think they're like one in five in true road games right now. They're not great on the road. They're horrible. But uh, if they can find a way to go like in the conference play, go four and five on the road, even you're looking at 13 and five. That might be good enough to win the big 12 again. So yeah, they're there. This is not a team that inspires any sort of confidence in anything, but at the same time, for God's sakes, Tate Baylor is currently sitting atop the big 12 standings. Baylor. Scott drew season. Let's go. It's Scott drew. Scott Drew Baylor uh, was in the in the non conference schedule. I I remember vividly elite. Baylor Baylor elite, won elite. at Arizona. I called I called Sean Miller my good guy of the week. I said he lost to a horrible Baylor team at home. I called them horrible. Uh, Baylor is now currently sitting atop the Big Twelve. It's Scott Drew it's time. coach. Your thoughts? Yes. The question will be answered officially. That that that's what I really hope as far as the outcome comes. I mean, it's like if Scott Drew wins and knocks off Kansas, then he's officially a good coach. There is no more questions to be asked. 
he has proved his point, and now he is at Baylor forever. So let's hope for that. that. That's my best case scenario for this whole Big 12 situation, this whole Kansas situation, this whole bag-dropping situation, all the situations is, in college basketball. Is, let's is save Scott, Scott Drew. Is Kansas's streak where Kansas is the pre so – like, let me paint this picture. Kansas was the preseason number one team in the country. If their streak of Big 12 titles is ended by a Scott Drew team – that lost to Texas Southern and Stephen F. Austin. And that's how Scott Drew gets his first ever conference championship. Is that a bigger upset than UMBC beating Virginia? Discuss. <laughs> Put it out it there. It might be. It really might be. What do you think about it that way? The number one team. Kansas had the number one team in the country, and Scott Drew started off his season losing to Texas Southern, and now he sits at the top of the Big 12 standings. Uh, and as we know, that's probably how everything's going to shake out. And uh, Baylor is definitely going to win the league, and Kansas is not because we've never experienced this before. And we've never been in this position before. Um, anything else before we go? Wrap this up. Uh, Leaky Black, feel better. Uh, went down with the ankle injury against Georgia Tech and uh, sending good vibes. Hope he feels better. Best name in college basketball. Uh, and then what are the games we have to watch coming up this week? Um. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Is there anything? Yeah, I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's anything major. I mean, this weekend is St. John's Duke, so we get the New York matchup, uh, which is going to be interesting. We get Louis, we get Louisville, Carolina, also on Saturday, uh, which is a big game. Uh, it's garbage. I mean, Butler's playing Marquette right now as we're recording this. Um, that that's going to be a good. I think Butler's actually favoring that one. Uh, and then nice. I don't know. Gonzaga at BYU tomorrow night, Thursday night. Mm, mm. Yeah, BYU's not very good. Wofford, year, but, uh, Wofford, Mercer, Wofford fighting for the chance to go uh, undefeated to make it at an at-large bid, possibly. Keep wow, an eye sounds on that. like Gonzaga. A fr- good. <laughs> it sounds like what? Sounds, sounds like don't, the Friday show. Don't talk about awesome. the Terriers. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a great show. Uh, we're going to talk about um, Pacific and LMU, of course. Gonzaga, BYU, all of the U's. Uh, anything else? Shout-outs from you? Yeah, we have to give a shout-out to Penny Hardaway. Uh, this, this. Uh, he he does a press conference after they won the other day. I said at the start of the year I wasn't going to follow Memphis. I just wanted to follow Memphis in the media because that's really how what Penny wants me to do. I'm just being a loyal servant to Penny Hardaway. I'm not going to actually watch his team play. I'm just going to. Well, you're just being sound, an but, you're being an NBA yeah. fan. You're treating him right. like an that's NBA fan. That's what he fan. wants. That's what yeah. he wants. And and that speaking of him wanting NBA things, that that leads me to this quote that he had on Monday where he said, I'm getting used to this as a coach. Th- this being the disrespect because it's a little jealousy from a lot of these coaches around the country. I do understand that because we are NBA players trying to come back and we didn't have any experience as college coaches, so we didn't quote-unquote pay our dues. So the coaches and their so-called boys that are in the media, they're going to always throw jabs at us. And then he continues, for sure, I definitely feel like there's a target on my back. There's a lot of people that don't want me to succeed because it's going to look like an NBA guy came back with no experience and won, so of course I relish in that. That was Penny Hardaway's quote. He is the first man in co- – he's the only coach in college basketball who played in the NBA and then became a coach. Uh, I'm not sure if you knew this, that uh, Chris Mullen doesn't exist and Avery Johnson doesn't exist and Patrick Ewing doesn't exist and Damon Stoudemire doesn't Maybe, exist. Maybe – yeah, Damon Stoudemire. Uh, <laughs> Tony Chris, Bennett Chris Mullen will be coach. <laughs> Chris Mullen will be coaching on Saturday against Duke. Uh, yeah, Paranoid yeah. Penny is uh, it's something else. Why are you so paranoid, Penny? Let's, and then let's dude, the best part out. about it. The best part about it is he wraps everything up by saying this. I'm not here to ruffle any feathers. I'm just here to win. Uh, this is a man who was very clearly ruffling feathers and 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 saying, like, I'm an NBA coach. And, lo- and losing. Me. 
And then yeah. also, need I remind you, one month ago, he called Rick Barnes low class. He said, quote, Rick Barnes is doing a little bit too much. And he said, quote, Rick Barnes, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yes. All those things but he's are not, true. But he doesn't want to ruffle any feathers, guys. He's not trying to ruffle feathers. He's just trying to go out there and win. And uh, and the haters won't leave him alone. Leave Penny leave alone. Penny alone. I, I have yes. one more shout out. And I hope Kyle pulled this clip so we can put it in there. Uh, I'm watching this Kentucky Vanderbilt game. And it's a blowout. Kentucky Kentucky gives Vandy the first half Tony. It's 45-15. I think Kentucky ends the first half on like a 28-3 run. It's ridiculous. We come back in the second half, and uh, I forget who was calling the game with uh, Jimmy Dykes, but it doesn't matter for this story. Um, they, they start doing the thing where they just like completely lose track of what's going on in the game and just start talking about nonsense. And it basically gets brought up that Jimmy Dykes – long story short, Jimmy Dykes – admits that once upon a time in his life, he lived in Nashville for nine months trying to make it as a country music singer. And anyone who watched this game knows I'm not lying. If you didn't watch the game, I'm not, I'm not lying. And I swear to God, this is true. Uh, people on the internet, Doug, like he mentioned the song that he sang and recorded. And Tate, I, I can feel you. I'm, I can't even see you right now. I can feel you on the other end of the line. Like, where is this going? Is Titus bullshitting? I, this is all 100% true. Um, I believe people you. On the internet, people on the internet dug up his, the, the song. And I made Kyle pull a clip. Here is the song. I've got a rockin' little heartbeat Poundin' all the way to my feet From my ankles to my ears The only thing I hear is you saying you love me I've got a rockin' little heartbeat Is the reason I Yeah, Billy Ray Cyrus is going to be upset about that. He's going to be upset about that. That was uh, don't break his. That was, that was his achy breaky heart moment. Didn't quite work out, but uh, good for you, Jimmy. Way to go for it. Chase your dreams. It's actually not as bad as I was hoping it would be, but it's still <laughs> any um, any of that. Any anybody that starts, I'm going to Nashville to make an album. I'm I'm good luck, but I'm probably not going to listen. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you, your music tastes were described to me by Jim Jim Cunningham. He said that Tate doesn't like any music that has a guitar. <laughs> and then I got to know you better, and I'm like, holy shit, that's the most accurate thing I've ever heard about anybody. I've never once heard yeah. you put on music where a guitar is being played of any uh, kind, whether yeah. it's rock, whether yeah. it's yeah, yeah, not it's just nah, uh, yeah, yeah, drums. <laughs> Let's do drums. Yeah, but drum drums are not guitars. Yeah, so you're just a, 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 yeah, a percussion guy. piano, uh, anything but that. God bless you, Jimmy Dykes. Um, I, I have a feeling we might find something to do with that song at some point. Uh, a rocking little heartbeat. God bless. Uh, last shout out, Tate, and I, and we really will go. Uh, DeJuan Hernandez is withdrawing from Miami. He was suspended for the rest of the season and 40% of next season. And he said, to hell with that, I quit. You can't fire me. I quit. And he's withdrawn from Miami. And um, yeah, that's that. Meanwhile, Silvio D'Souza, they're still trying to figure out, the Sosa, they're trying to figure out uh, whether he's going to be eligible or not for Kansas. And I'm really excited. I'm calling my shot. He's going to be declared eligible like in the next week or so. And then Jerry Tarkanian quote is going to be popping up and everyone's going to say, Jerry Tarkanian said this, folks. Yes. <laughs> That is that that's what is, I think is gonna happen. That is as is tradition. As is tradition. 
All right, that is the show. Thank you guys for listening. We love you guys. Uh, Tate, get better. Go see a doctor. Go see just any, literally any doctor. You have like every ailment in the world. Uh, the 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 fate of the show depends on you. We need you. We need you at one hundred percent. You know. So go we'll see what happens. Fixed. Go get your, go get your flu fixed. Go get whatever the hell else you have going on fixed. I got antibiotics. I don't know if they have those for backs. So uh, <laughs> we'll keep it pushing though. Uh, until until next time, as they say. Is Mo's going to speak finally? Is this is this the chance that we're going to uh, have? Moses is not is in moment? the room. He's not in the room right now. So <laughs> I don't blame got, him. He, I don't blame him. Too we had, cold. We had a we had a long talk about it. He was like, "Why would you do that to me? You put me on the spot." Um, yeah, don't ever do that to me. Yeah, he's not in the room right now. So we'll try it. We'll try it next too, time. He's we're, he's too much pressure. We're still working on it. Yeah, he, he gets stage fright. One day. He's, he's he's not ready for the spotlight just yet. We gotta we gotta get him some reps. He needs to put in his ten thousand hours first. I'm <laughs> speaking. There you go. Uh, Perfect. We'll get it next time. Uh, we will be back Friday. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, see ya. <laughs>